Hello everyone and welcome to the Shivam and Friends podcast, a space where I have some free-flowing conversations with fascinating folks. Before we get on with regular programming everyone, I wanted to remind you once again to please subscribe on whatever platform you are accessing this content. Your subscription is a buy into my content. and although it doesn't cost you a penny it lets me know that you're listening and it also assures guests that they have a wide range of people who are listening to them speak please go ahead and subscribe and finally this conversation is also available on video on youtube if you just look up shivam and friends podcast so you can access the full interview in a video format if that suits you and if you'd like to see a more visual format Now although my next guest has been on the podcast before and we spoke for a lot of time the previous time this whole conversation felt like a new conversation altogether it was completely fresh mostly because he brings so many new ideas and varied perspectives at as an artist and as a interesting guy Ishan Katara is a writer performer filmmaker and storyteller he has recently begun a startup by the name Kindred Films LLP where he is the founder and creative head for sure yeah so we started college in 2008 but i've been in pune since my 8th standard so that's the year 2003 so yeah i've literally seen whatever has happened to the landscape of the city yeah. for over a decade now so yeah you know what i lo- like it- i'm saying you know what i love about pune is the theater scene man hmm. i've seen a couple of um, local maharashtrian marathi plays Oh yeah, and uh, some of the acting uh, there is just fabulous, man. It's crazy to see these people uh, do it. And what's also insane was that there's always this uh, community feeling, you know, like everybody in the audience knows each other because it's a very small. Actually, I don't know if that still happens, but it used to happen for sure. That everybody knew each other, and they would be like, "Oh, kaise ho, yar," you know, and they'd be like talking to each other. Then they would sit down and watch a play. and then they would they would yeah, walk away talking about it it was it's not the same because uh, uh, well so i'll tell you something about so uh, while i admire uh, marathi theater a lot yeah. uh, for various reasons um uh, uh, a for one that you know uh, has a community yeah. uh, which takes pride in their uh, you know traditional form of yeah. theater Now, if you look at the most ancient form of theater uh, in our country, it's Sanskrit theater, mm. right? And and uh, Marathi being one of the branches of the Devanagari script, yeah. or the same script that Sanskrit comes from. The original script Devanagari is basically a derivative of Pali and Prakrit. Mm. So you know, we don't see a lot of states and a lot of communities taking pride yeah. in their heritage in that in that manner. Uh, but on the flip side it also becomes a very incestuous sort of a fraternity you know mm. so if you're not marathi speaking or of the of that ethnicity uh you're not welcomed oh uh, yeah in that fashion yeah because yeah. so in my in my case you know i'm not saying that not i'm not generalizing uh, that'll be a crime mm. generalize that everyone is like that so i had to resort to doing english theater now everything that is So you know we in our Pune lingo uh, say this a lot. Keep pull ke us taraf. So there's a bridge, right? There's a lakadi pull. Huh. 
which divides old city from the new city. कि पुल के उस तरफ सब मराठी थिएटर और इस तरह से इंग्लिश थिएटर तो हिंदी थिएटर इज बेरली एग्जिस्ट हिंदी थिएटर डजेंट रियली एग्जिस्ट या आई वुड आल्सो इमेजिन दैट अ लॉट ऑफ दीस इट्स आल्सो वियर्ड बिकॉज़ मराठी सोसाइटी इटसेल्फ हैज अ लॉट ऑफ लाइक लेयर्स फ्रॉम व्हाट आई अंडरस्टैंड सो यू हैव यू हैव द एरिस्टोक्रेट्स हु आई थिंक आर द कोंकणस्त ब्राह्मणस बट आई एम नॉट श्योर कोंकणस्त ब्राह्मण हु काइंड ऑफ दिस कोंकणस्त देन दिस देशस्त दीस आर द ब्राह्मणस Brahmin becomes Bhamman in Marathi lingo. Uh, so yes, you are right. They have a monopoly yeah. on a lot of theatre. And then after them, I think is the Marathas. Yeah. Or the Marathas are uh, said to be the Shatrians. Mm. So how it's one and the same thing, man. If you go in the north, they are like, okay, you're you're a Rajput, you're a Shatriya, you're a Thakur, you're a Shatriya, you know. uh so yeah i mean the wordness system as it's it says this, this class divide is just reflects in every state i believe so let's listeners i mean it's not just maharashtra where it's happening or it's been going on for ages now so the entire you know kshatriya uh, brahman vaishya shudra this hierarchy yeah man yeah it's crazy to see that that stuff actually plays out in theater as well So then, when you when you guys are talking about social themes and social ideas, there's always that yeah. hierarchy that goes in, and obviously, like you're going to be exactly. talking about certain themes based on the most likely people who are going to be sitting in that audience, and in all probability, the people who are going to be sitting in a theater nowadays are mostly mm. like people who mm. are rich, who have some kind of. who consider themselves high status in society see the thing is theater over the years mm. has become and i am telling you this is a common saying that goes around and floats around uh if you want to survive in this industry you cannot rely entirely upon theater it does not pay yeah so we've been hearing this phrase and i guess generations before us uh people who have been responsible like mr ibrahim alkazi saab who was the first director of the national school of drama mm. you know and he's he's trained actors uh, like nasiruddin shah and ompuri these are these are big names these are the these are the stalwarts yeah. who actually got trained you know otherwise if you look at dilip kumar and other people they were never really trained they just you know found their way uh, on yeah. their own uh so to say but there were organizations like the progressive writers association if you look at pre independence which still which survived uh which had a socialistic sort of mm. an ideology then there was ipta so it was always very left of the center and very progressive and uh which is why i feel that you know uh like i'm a yeah. great admirer of bhagat singh now Bhag- yeah bhagat singh's uh brand of socialism or his perspective towards socialism comes very close to the extremists in the congress also right so so basically theater as an art form especially during the british ruled india india wala era was used as a tool to voice what you otherwise could not because protests were suppressed because of because of the colonial hmm. rule post independence i think a lot of great great writing and a lot of great stuff happened but unfortunately we ended up you know this lust of aping the west yeah yeah and yeah which is where original writing uh, is has been dying but then that's why we've been hearing uh, and i guess that uh, for the past 20 25 years the theater is dying theater is dying because films have been taking over but then 
Indian cinema, in, cinema mm-hmm. has been a phenomenon in India in the past for the past hundred hundred odd years, right? Yeah. So theatre has sustained itself, but it has it has become restricted to the elite. Now, mm-hmm. even if you if you compare the ticket prices, right? A movie ticket, even today, if you go to a single screen now post lockdown, I don't know, but uh, till last year, I think it was hundred bucks for a balcony in a single yeah. screen theatre. Yeah. But single screen theatres are not, uh, I mean, in multiplexes have a majority over them. Hmm. Uh, single screen theatres are not really a thing anymore. Uh, but if you come, yeah, but uh, if you go for a Nasiruddin Shah play, it costs you somewhere around 1500 bucks, 1000 to 1500 Yeah, Yeah, especially if you go to like one of these, if you go to any of these prominent theatres, hmm. it is going to cost you a lot of money. See, yeah. but the problem is, Hmm. That if you want to get you, if you want to support people who are going to the theater, hmm. like who are actors who who spend their whole life working on making good plays and making entertaining and uh, you know riveting plays that get you to think about different things, you are going to need to pay them. Yeah. So when I am paying a thousand or uh, when I am paying a fifteen hundred rupee fee to go and watch an act or like something which is entertainment for two, two and a half hours in person. First of all, it's premium because it's in person. You have people acting for you live, right? Yeah, and you have people yeah. doing that, like spending time kind kind of doing that on a daily basis, especially if the audience is small. That's a good thing, man. I think uh, charging a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks is fine. The problem is that the, not everybody in society especially in India, can pay that much, like 1500 2000 yes. bucks for a, for a play. It's not just the financial aspect of it. Uh, I believe that we are nothing but a part of the system, right? So just Google, man, uh, right now if you want to, what is the literacy rate like? How many people will understand that kind of content? Uh, because if you look at theater, hmm. uh, most, of, most of the writing in theater, it is somewhere or the other commenting on social issues. Yeah. You know, it's it's not always about just entertainment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not just about morality and what, what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is why the most successful genre in whatever I have experienced and observed Pan-India, in as which has sustained theater, are satires and musicals. Yeah. Now, we are a land of musicals. Okay. Now, satire is a genre which does not become preachy. It does not cross that line of becoming a preachy sort of a narrative. Mm. It shows you the mirror. Yeah. But it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It engages you. Yeah. So, these are few genres. But if you really, really want to go into intense theater, then you have to ex- you have to come with a preconceived... Uh, I don't know. Because 70% probably of our uh, population... Hmm. is not interested in literature yeah man it's just in yeah no it and it also probably gets super difficult hmm. with all this other media floating around right you got yeah. because if you're looking at like a, a movie screen or a tv screen you can do you can definitely do way more with a tv screen at least in terms of storytelling and effects and entertainment and visual stimulation than you yeah. can ever do with a play with a play, you can see the subtleties of expression, uh, you know, the, the subtleties of, uh, you know, human relationships and feelings relationship. and, you know, thoughts aloud. You can experience things like guilt and social okay. guilt and things like that. 
but subtext when you're talking yeah. about entertainment i don't think there's anything as entertaining as a tv screen right because there's oh. so many different things happening there so it probably yeah. gets difficult because now people are competing with netflix yeah. like if you are in theater you're completely competing with netflix you're competing with yeah. so many different visual mediums of storytelling that it must be getting so crazy and uh, competitive uh, for sure i'm telling you uh, i mean for a, this is a confession okay i mean why should i call it a confession this is <laughs> it's a confession now honest. you said it's a confession it's a confession, it's a confession. It's why i moved away very organically mm. uh, and it was a conscious decision from theater mm. a few years back was because i wanted my stories and my craft to reach the widest audience possible yeah which obviously theater is not going to provide me anytime soon yeah but i do keep revisiting the world of theater and i haven't broken my umbilical basically you know snapped my umbilical cord mm. with theater in that manner because whenever i need to revive and revise the craft yeah because it is the foundation you know if you have that foundation but this is what i would like to quote javed akhtar saab here yeah. he said something very beautiful one of his in, uh, in one of his interviews about writing yeah that it's very easy to write in heavy vocabulary yeah it's extremely difficult to write something that is simple yeah i think for the lame i think einstein said something very similar right like it's if you really want to test someone's knowledge that's uh, the only time you know that is when someone can explain a concept very exactly. simply so for sure also i think uh, when you're talking about the difference between stage acting and like face acting like i've noticed mm. like sorry stage acting and camera like screen acting. camera acting which is a lot of face acting dude i've seen my friend uh, some of my friends perform theater man and uh, when they're doing theater they're doing it first of all there's live right you there's no retake and yeah. uh, they're acting with their whole body man it's not just the face yeah. because you're not just seeing someone's talking head you're seeing their whole it's presence and what i like to call demonstrated acting and animated acting yeah. because you have to project it's about the medium now but you know a big mistake that i want to uh, point out that a lot of theater teachers are still making yeah is that they teach they still resort into the primitive uh training methods wherein project be loud but what they forgetting is that contemporary theater with the boom of technology is also evolved yeah and devices like a lapel mic are available for theater stage actors as well yeah right so there's no need to be that dramatic as at least voice wise if you have if you're doing contemporary theater yeah but in traditional theater of course like how prasasa used to make us do Abakkal. he never used to give us mic yeah Uh, he used to like you know jata khata samrama seven in the morning we are doing that and because like you know your voice should reach the last person in the last yeah. row you know the thousand person in the last row I get that I get that yeah but but in a proscenium and contemporary theatre in theatre as well and that is where a lot of people are not adapting now yeah for sure man um it's also that. Um, Yeah, like you mentioned about the whole technology and stuff like that. Like some of these, I have seen some of these super heavy productions of different. Like I know Disney does it all over the world. Like Disney, yeah. uh, what they do is they localize their famous scripts. So I yeah. saw an Indian version of Aladdin, and yeah. they had kind of uh, adapted it for the Indian audience. And but yeah. at the same time, the quality of the production was next level. 
So it was like, mm. you know, you had flying carpets, people jumping around, acrobatics, you know, uh, musical. It was a musical. So like there was musical performances, live singing, the works. And it was so, so good. Tickets were obviously like expensive, yeah. but yeah. totally worth it, man. Because yeah. I got to see something that, Seeing it live is completely different. At least it gives you a very good feeling in terms of you saying, oh my God, these people are doing this once and they can't fail. And when they do that at a very high level, it's a lot yeah, of yeah. fun to see. And, uh, but uh, uh, see, at the end of the day, um, this is just my opinion uh, coming from my hands-on experience. Uh, whether whether it's about you know filmmaking, I believe ki budget pehle decide mat karo ya. You know, hmm. a budget should be decided, and that's for the production department to handle. Which is why I stay away from the production side of things because I don't want to you know get into all of that. It's just like being an event manager, and end of the day, you know, uh, the performer is gonna steal away your thunder. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't want that you know right i want to be acknowledged for my crowd but what i'm saying is that this tendency that we have in india wrong first pick a topic pick a genre yeah and then come and then come on a budget that okay this is what it requires yeah but in most of the cases it's the other way around because uh the person who's putting in the money he or she is calling the shots so yeah. they're like okay this is my budget now pick a topic and at times a lot of producers and investors get very unrealistic and they just you know tell you oh you know your job right you're a trained professional you're a director and all that you're a writer so write something within this budget but i want that grandeur and that scale within this budget i'm like sir that's not a, that's not possible you know so they mm-hmm. have unrealistic expectations which is why you see a lot of productions going down the drain oh, basically man. the process going south like a classic example is Anurag Kashyap's Bombay Velvet. Yeah. He had all the money in the world to make that film. Yeah. For God's sake, he went and recreated 50s come Mumbai, Bombay in, in Sri Lanka, which he's left behind in Colombo. And then he got Martin Scorsese's editor on board to edit the film for him. And what did he do with all that money? He fucked it up. And he, yeah, he fucked it up. And he admitted, if you watch his interview, that he admitted that he was basically just completely uh, overwhelmed because he yeah. had never worked with that kind of a scale, scale. and a budget. It's okay, man. I guess you make your mistakes, but I don't. I don't blame them, dude. I don't blame these guys who say, you know what, I want the biggest bang for my buck, because mm. um, every, I think everybody deserves. Like, I've definitely felt that so many times. Sometimes I've, I feel like, what am I demanding from? people at such low prices mm-hmm. that yeah every I, at a certain level it's uh, very human to expect uh, a high amount of service for a low amount of money but i understand that it's not always fair mm-hmm. and that shit can get crazy it's again very subjective from yeah. maker to maker uh, from artist to artist so what yeah. so what do you think are like hot topics nowadays man like what is uh, for theater to cover Theater, I feel personally right now, uh, they are doing their bit, you know, like for for the longest time, it's not just theater, even our films has been looking inwards. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Inwards as in saying inwards into the into the Indian society and its psyche hmm. for the longest time. Basically, we being uh, like for example, we just earlier in the conversation when we just started, we were talking about the caste hierarchy, yeah. right? Yeah. So so while we've just been suffering with this sense of guilt and as artists, we were like, okay, these are the inner evils of the Hindu society, of the Muslim society, of the Christian society, basically the conservative side of section of that society. Mm-hmm. And we've been looking inwards for the longest time. Hmm. You know? uh, what we have been neglecting is that it's not just the inner evils that are causing uh, problems uh, within our society. At times, there are external factors and external uh, forces as well, which are affecting us. For example, for example, for example uh, if you blame, uh, say, children for, uh, you know, uh, being overweight and not being into sports, an entire generation. Yeah. You know, which which has which has been born say post liberalization, hmm. post night in the ninety, uh, especially post nine uh, post nineties. Uh, you have to understand that it was that time when aerated drinks and junk food became a part of our pop culture, and they became a part of our, you know, and and a certain types of food does not really uh, suit our climate. Yeah. And the kind of metabolic rates that we Indians genetically have. Yeah. Okay. Now, say if you eat red meat in the peak of summer, you're going to, it's going to generate body heat as fuck. Okay. Yeah. 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 But, but if it's cool uh, and if everyone is doing it in a party, in an outing, that let's go eat a mutton burger in the, in the peak of June. And if you still do it and then you blame the kid for doing it just because but then what you're not looking at is that it's cool the kid will not be will be cornered you know the kid will not be a part of the mm. cool gang in the school on the school trip or you know similarly uh recently uh the entire drugs in bollywood issue you know <laughs> yeah brother yeah. i mean uh, I don't want to take names and I don't want to defame any institution, but I'm sure that we've seen it happening all around us. You know, we've been through college, we've been to concerts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what my problem is that you have all the resources at your disposal. Hmm. Okay. It's my logic is simple, man. Um, topics like these, because what should theater or what should any art yeah. cover, right? I'm saying, look, we need to go for the eagle's eye view. We need to look at the bigger picture. Okay. You're saying, okay, so and my data and my whatever you got a research team to do your statistics that so and so state has the maximum number of drug drug consumption, illegal drug consumption. And so and so city and so and so district. Fine. Where is it coming from? Tomorrow, if we are, if I really, really badly want a particular flavor of ice cream, like say a mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Okay. And I have all the fuel and all the money. Dude, just hold on, hold on, go, hold on for a second. Yeah. Yeah. We're still on, we're still talking about externalities in uh, theater. The, yeah. yeah so huh. I'm using, so I'm using this as a hypothetical example hmm. of say, if say somebody were to write a play on 
drugs. The problem of drugs yeah. in our society. You're saying, okay, I'm saying this is one perspective looking at it. Yeah. Tomorrow, if I want really, really badly, I'm craving for a mint chocolate chip flavor while ice cream ka flavor. Mm. And I go all around the city. Yeah. All around the town. And I have, it's not like I don't have the money or anything. I have all the fuel in my car. I have the money. But it's not available anywhere. Yeah. I won't be able to eat it. Yeah. Similarly, why is it so easily available? Where is it coming from? Just like there's a source of a river. Right. On a certain mountain. A Ganga ki Gangotri hai. Wait, what is the source? You are not questioning that. And it's not that this is a new phenomenon in our country, brother. Basically, you if you remember, if you have, if you remember reading about the 70s. Yeah. The hippie culture and everything. And, you know, we've all seen documentaries, like whatever hap- was happening in Cuba and whatever Pablo Escobar was doing and everything. Yeah. And Mexico, right? There must be some bigger fish in the ocean which are allowing it yeah. allowing them inside and also pa- so pablo escobar it, was uh, wasn't cuba man he was uh, no i was like yeah uh, pablo escobar or, or say any drug lords like we've seen that but in india where have they been coming from now if you speak of marijuana so yeah coming back to the point is that we need to look at i don't see a lot of theater productions and a lot of uh, films in our country speaking about a global crisis mm. where a certain crisis is coming into our society from mm. okay now say there is a radical stream of there's a radical uh, perspective and practice to islam mm. okay outside of india which has been adopted by a particular section of the community of Muslims in India. Similarly, there's a radical stream of communism in China, which has been adopted by a particular section of Indians, hmm. regardless of which community and which religion they belong to. Yeah. Basically, there's a lot of influence from outside, which we are not addressing. As theater, uh, as theater. As, as pan any medium, be it theater, be it films. We've just been uh, looking for evils within us, which is good. Hmm. That should go on. But uh, if we are uh, looking at looking for inspiration, uh, you know, outside yeah. of our of our territories, then we have to be wary of the fact that you have to take the good and you have to be able to identify the bad. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. Because I think we do learn. Because as I like, if as I walk into a theater space, I'm not just walking into a theater space. I'm also bringing my own experiences and my own perspectives and my own visions, right? Like, for example, a lot of people uh, look at two people. I think Bob Marley and Sheikh Guevara. You can see you'll always see these symbols as symbols who are kind of into drugs, but they're cool and they smoke weed, but they're nice. And they have like vision, be happy, you know, just chill. You know, that whole... Uh, yeah. kind of heuristic of Sheikh Guevara yeah. and uh, 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 Bob Marley. Now, oh. when people walk into a space and you're talking about drugs, you're all automatically beginning to associate those with a certain kind of a image. Exactly. But exactly. if you're, but if in your theater production you're using the image of a sadhu smoking weed as the template oh. of drugs. That can oh. be confusing for someone who's never actually seen a sadhu smoking weed. 
And I think it's not even about the confusion bit of it. Let me tell you something. A lot of people don't know this that marijuana till 1985 was like there was no. It wasn't like legalized officially in our constitution, okay, in the law. But there was no law against it also. Okay. Yeah. It only got regularized or say you know recreational use of marijuana got illegal was made illegal post 1985 right. in our constitution. Now if you look at Holi. Or if you go to the ghats of Banaras, you you spoke of sadhus. Yeah. People do it openly. Why is it available so openly and freely? I have seen them. I mean, come on, no, man. no, hundred yeah. percent, man. Um, even in like that's what I was talking about with my friend Rohit. You you're yeah. from Rajasthan, I'm, and you so you know that all over Jaipur and different uh, cities, you have legally you have government authorized bhang stalls. Bhang is a very potent extract of marijuana it's nothing else right you can say it's something okay. else but it's actually just straight up it's a different part of the plant but it is marijuana it right? is essentially a part of the marijuana plant so it is marijuana yeah so yeah essentially that rajasthan has it secondly yeah. if you go up to the north right if you go up to uh, what's it called himachal pradesh Manali. right yeah. and so you you know something as manala cream which is yeah. supposed to be uh, smoked by the elite it's called hash but the okay. here's the thing there is a huge amount of traffic of international uh, tourists, specifically Israelis, right? A lot of people from Israel, a lot of people from different parts of the world. When it gets hot in their countries, they come for they come to this particular route from Manali to Leh, and this whole space, even old Manali. Uh, places like even uh, Malana and all those other smaller yeah. villages in Himachal Pradesh, uh, they all have like you get ready access to marijuana products, and yeah. in my opinion, the government looks the other way because they want to because they want to uh, encourage tourism to those spaces, so. To me, it's a no point of that. You know, if you're talking about who are, who are we fooling? I have seen uh, ganja being sold uh, hundred meters away from a police station. Do you think those police, those cops, don't know about it? No, I think they definitely know happens, about it. When it happens in concerts, okay, in various uh, major cities of our country, and you know, uh, when you literally pass by toilets and you, we've seen. We've, let's let's not you know let's let's be honest about it. I'm not I'm not uh, glorifying it. I'm not you know I I personally don't do drugs. Yeah. Uh, and I don't subscribe to it. Yeah. And I don't endorse it yeah. either. Me neither, man. So I think it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. But but what I'm saying is that I have been I have seen it being consumed uh, without any inhibition or fear. Yeah. Of the just like drinking and driving is such a normal thing. Yeah, in cosmopolitan cities in our country, and people get away with it. Yeah. Okay, uh, so basically, it's bizarre. We live in a society filled with contradictions, yeah. and we are a country of hypocrites. Hundred okay? percent, man. I think, uh, especially because if you like, if you call like having drugs in that society, like uh, this thing, but I know people who are in in prominent positions, and they are potheads, man. I. In What's fact, that? I know friends. My, some of my friends actually they go to work when they're high. Like it's so prominent in all over the country, all over the, all over India that it's it's weird to say. You know what's actually crazy is that mm. 
okay first of all i i don't smoke weed right mm. uh, but neither do i but at the same time you have to actually trace the history of marijuana to actually understand what's going on it wasn't mm. outlawed for the longest amount of time there were cultures all over the world that would smoke it consume it in some form Last or the other it was in canada they got they legalized it officially so here's the thing they, the, but why was it yeah. illegal in the first place that's something that you need to understand and question and the yeah. reason why from my understanding and my understanding is limited is mm. that it was because of the tobacco lobbies Yeah. in this united states so the tobacco lobby in the united states is very old it's based out of it's based in virginia and yeah. uh, i mean virginia is the seat of a lot of these uh, you know philip morris and all these companies and now what these companies yeah. do is they get they because they have such interests and because a lot of people used to smoke they were able yeah. to fund lobbies in washington dc to Uh, work on and basically work against certain causes now they looked at marijuana mm. as a threat because it smoked secondly of yeah. uh, more recently actually you know vaping have you heard of vaping yeah yeah so yeah. people we vape spoke about it in the last chat as well yeah so people vape tobacco now the thing is so, sorry they vape nicotine vaping is actually been proven way safer than smoking the only problem is mm. it's also way more addictive than smoking but mm. what the tobacco lobby was able to successfully do was really diminish the power of people who are making these products because mm. they because they were so what they put out was lower amounts of flavors available so you they reduced the overall availability of flavors and all that stuff yeah. and as a result they've kind of lowered the uh economic power of you know people who are trying to sell vape pens and all these things see it's it's not so rocket science obviously let me just finish my let me finish my thought man so yeah, yeah, what yeah. they Sorry. what these people do is they were able to lobby against marijuana successfully and make that illegal and now because america sets the precedence on a lot of international law a lot of the western world followed suit by making it illegal without thinking about it and now it's going the other way around so that's yeah. what's happening yeah so it's a cycle now now the problem in india is and coming back to your original question as to why we have to look outwards yeah. rather than inwards yeah. as far as uh, our writing and our content creation is concerned be it theater well a for one if your objective uh, is just to entertain yeah. and to not cause and to not uh, give out a moral while mm-hmm. if you A, I have a problem with this. Is that you know, if you are saying that no, st- I don't. I'm stories are just to entertain, and I have no moral responsibility as to how I influence the teenagers or the youth or whatever yeah. the population. That's bullshit. Whom are you fooling? You know, because if people can go to the extent of copying Amitabh Bachchan and Shah Rukh Khan's hairstyle, so if they if they see their idol, uh, you know, yeah, uh, smoking up on screen and they see that oh, uh, it's glorified, so it it does get into pop culture psyche. So A for one, uh, where do we draw the line? Yeah. Okay. And a lot of content creators in our country uh, just keep blaming the narrative, especially up through the nineties, and it's right now it's at its zenith. Yeah. Uh, wherein we just blaming ourselves for everything. Hmm. You know, there's a high, there's an extreme sense of guilt and a very low sense of identity Ooh. or pride in identity. yeah in our in our art which i feel that no there's a lot which is nice 
which can be which can be uh, reignited yeah. or so to say we can be reminded about that we also come from a nation which is very progressive which has given uh, birth to uh, mathematicians which has given the digit zero aryabhatta yeah. gave the digit zero we are a land of uh, which is which has been a beautiful mix of uh, science and spirituality yeah. and and we we need aid in our heritage rather than just you know i see that even in the mm. treatment and the way short taking is done and you know yeah uh, we are just trying to ape the west absolutely like, man but if you look at the 50s and the 60s mm. okay which is which was the gold which is called the golden era of film making yeah. in, in 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 india and even the theater and this is where marathi theater i hats off and big and big time respect for them because they they've retained those narratives and they've kept those legends alive mm. you know and through the art forms they've kept uh that sense of morality and the sense of right and wrong which mm. is in our dna mm. it just is that we need to give ourselves a pat on our heads and just you know come out knock some sense into us basically and, it's it's there and accept there. yourself man except yeah. additionally like you know for example one one genre which i think is uh, just truly just indian and it's amazing it's like the wild west of india like you know westerns yeah. of india is yeah. these gangs of vasepur style films right yeah 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 like so that is the landscape which is uh, the coal mafia na that's again there's a history behind it yeah what's the history the east eastern belt north eastern belt Yeah actually actually the eastern side of UP and Bihar that belt yeah but touching bengal I love that genre man because see first first of all it's like it's set in that UP accent and everyone's like you're basically for that moment or for that short time where you're sitting and watching a movie with those with that kind of genre and like a lot of people are interested in it like even uh, you have your Mirzapur gangs of Vasepur a whole bunch of, a whole list of like that kind of film yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, you know up tak chapan which is not mm-hmm. exactly like that but it's kind of like that no, but, yeah and uh, it's amazing to see because it takes me away to a different space i get to see the accents of course they're talking about some serious shit like corruption mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of this other bullshit that goes on uh, in different yeah. spaces yeah. and thing is a lot of people say and when i was growing up a lot of people pointed at that kind of movie and said you know what that's the reality of india you know that's what's going yeah. on there so it got yeah. a lot of people to have conversations about what's going on in society whether or not it's good or not and even like oh. uh, i was reading this thing about um, uh, shole and why gabbar singh hated thakur mm. and what thakur represented it wasn't gabbar yeah. singh who someone basically recreated a narrative saying it wasn't gabbar singh who was bad but it was oh. thakur who was a classist and someone yes. who basically used his uh stature and basically use nepotism etc etc and uh, yeah. our our friend gabbar was actually someone who was ostracized by society and that's why he acted yes. that way yes so basically the decoids uh, uh i'll tell you something very interesting brother yeah. even though i've kept, i had reserved it uh, uh, as a dialogue and as an anecdote for a script of mine oh. and i've written it in, there, in it yeah. there's a city in uh, rajasthan a town brother mm-hmm. called biawar Biawar. I don't know if I if I Biawar. Mm-hmm. Now, I was like, yeah, in Mewadi, in Marwadi, because these are the predominant languages in Mar- Rajasthan. I was like, there is no word such as this, and anyone and everyone, even the elders I went to, the you know, in, in the village, I was like, what does the word Biawar mean? Like Jaipur means something because it was it's named after Maharaja Jaisingh. Mm-hmm. Pur means city, nagar. 
I'm like, what is Biawar? <laughs> so, I met this really old chacha somewhere hmm. at a pan store. Okay. And he told me that, he told me some, something very interesting. It was like basically that belt from between between Jaipur and Biawar. Biawar basically is a small town that falls in that Ajmer district. Yeah. Which is in between Jaipur and Udaipur. Hmm. Basically, now that was a decoit-prone area. Right. Now, decoits were, not, were not, basically during the uh, during the British Raj. Yeah. Either you had revolutionaries who were who were out there and and you know who were self-proclaimed krantikaris uh, and freedom fighters and they were literally fighting for India's freedom selflessly. And okay, then there was the common man who had who was working in the British Indian you know. Uh, uh, administration. They were, they were administrations or you know they were just living under the rule mm. and they were not doing anything about it yeah. which was which was the majority which Gandhi mobilized which is why Gandhi is is great but I don't agree that he's a Mahatma that's my that, that's, that's a different topic but uh, and then there was a class which were decoids they were like we'll become outlaws we don't give a fuck yeah we just want to fend for ourselves and we want to live luxurious lives and the system has failed us to hell with everyone to hell with the zamindas to hell with the Elite, hell with everyone. So they were outlaws. Mm. Now, post now, if you go to Chambal right now, Chambal, which is which is where Gabbazin's character is, is based, there's barely any decoits left. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because they have been replaced by organized crime and mafia and the underworld. Mm. Okay. So basically, they have no relevance right now in 2020 as we speak. Now, when you speak of Gabbazin, it's very interesting because uh, I remember watching this interview. Uh, of this director, Mr. Shekhar Kapoor, yeah. uh, who's who's made films like Mr. India and Bandit Queen. Yeah. Now he says that when when they were shooting Bandit Queen in Jambal and they were shooting it exactly in that terrain, mm. okay. So some decoits actually landed up on the set. <laughs> yeah. And and they were like, "Arey kya hai ki ghode pe kyun hai ye ba? Daaku tumare." They bolte, but in reality, <laughs> talking about reality. Decoits were never on horseback. There are no horses in Chambal. <laughs> it was just a glorified representation of decoits being on horseback since you mentioned a Hollywood influence coming from the Wild West. Oh, films. okay. Yeah, yeah and I so, guess also it's also making them seem more intimidating, right? The you don't want like yeah. the actual picture of a decoit is this individual is in living in poverty. And the yeah. reason this uh, this person is kind of resorting to uh, it, like these kinds of behaviors like robbing and all. I'm not justifying the fact that they're acting that way, but you need, still need to understand yeah. where they come from. And they yeah. come from a space which is oppressed to a certain extent by the systems that society had set up since God knows when. Oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. I forgot to tell you about Biawar. I sort of died. Oh yeah. So man. basically, uh, so that old man told me that how the name Biawar came out. So he was like, when the British Brits came here, there was nothing here. There was no civilization. And still the population density in Rajasthan is not that much. So they just put up a board saying, be aware, there are decoits. So then once the British established a cantonment, so the locals started inhabiting that space. So they could not pronounce be aware. So, it, so, so over these has become be aware, be aware, be aware. What be aware, the fuck? Are you serious? Dude, that's nuts, man. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But yeah, man, to what I was saying earlier, dude, if these people are systemically like if they're feeling if they're experiencing some level of shit because of oh. it's because of the fact that nobody gives them opportunities, man. And this is going oh. going back way back when it is 
you you're obviously going to understand where they come from but now we yeah. have the hindsight to actually categorize gabbar there but yeah. what the people who wrote shole and wrote such dramas yeah. actually did very cleverly was associate yeah. these kinds of behaviors help us associate these kinds of behaviors with evilness yeah. so suddenly we're looking at these kinds of people act that way and we're saying this person is evil and you know deadly and uh, terrible and uh, uh, you know nasty but mm. that may not really be the case and it's hard to see things like black and white but yeah. you know what really helps you see things black and white sorry mm. what really helps you see the gray area and things gray areas yeah it's theater man because it allows you to like because firstly you have very few characters people know that mm. you're you're not just looking at like ex- extreme dramas you're not just looking people who go to watch some theater they're not looking for mm. good guy bad guy they're looking at what's the issue at play here right through that good guy bad guy yeah. so you can actually create a narrative around a certain issue and then you can delve into the story a little bit more and uh, yeah. that's actually amazing man yeah so that is uh, there are some uh, there's some great theater that is going on mm. in our country and uh, there are names like uh, atul kumar mm. who's adapted uh, Uh, the 12th night which is a shakespearean comedy comedy into this uh, play in bhojpuri called yeah. uh, 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 piya bhairupia which speaks and taps upon a lot of societal issues and especially how india is such a contradiction if you compare its villages and its cities cities yeah. so it's it's crazy and which is what vishal bharadwaj does yeah. in his films like omkara which is mm-hmm. othello and so i mean I need more of, I want more of that happening actually. Yeah. I actually yeah. loved uh, you know the, um, that movie Gully Boy right? I think yeah. the the narration on Gully Boy was amazing. Like if you see yeah. if you see the film it's not just a story of like it's not a straight forward story. Like as yeah. Gully Boy is living his life as that as the main character is living his life and getting to where he wants to go to there's a very heavy narration of context of society and i i think a lot of people actually experience what they've experienced and what the character experienced through the movie and so the yeah. overall telling of that story was brilliant it was auto- almost theater like and that's why i can actually of, watch it like multiple times i've seen it at least two or three times for sure see speaking of gray that character is gray and flawed because he's stealing cars yeah in order to survive to stay afloat he's also dealing in marijuana yeah. he smokes marijuana yeah. uh he's coming from dharavi at the same time he's trying to you know uh then he's uh he's facing the repercussions of sharia the implication missed sharia islam the islamic sharia law that yeah. his father uh, at the age of actually uh, you know uh just doing his namaz is getting a you know a, a second wife where they allowed four four weddings so he's you know grappling with his mother's kathas mm. his then he then you know he's got so many there's, there's sort of so much layering and still it's a classic underdog story where he thrives and exactly. you still empathize with the characters that's the beauty of the writing of gadibar yeah man yeah exactly like they've made it such that a lot of people 
can actually look at that character and experience that character's journey and look at it from their own life and they will find identify some level of um, uh, fight like that fight that gully boy went through at a certain level hmm. each every one of us is kind of fighting that same battle and it's not just Absolutely. gully boy as one character but i think great ca- character making like if you're making a good quality character writing that character as someone who's going through a journey right and then through that journey they kind of reach a higher level of existence Absolutely. when you see that story unfold when you're someone who's standing and watching that unfold either in a play or in a movie you get yeah. that feeling that you are that character Absolutely. and that's and when you're going through and when you're seeing these characters go through that journey suddenly even at a at a very primal level your oh. brain is releasing i think in my opinion um your brain is releasing the same feel good kind of uh, emotions at a chemical level that you yeah. would get if you were in that same position as Absolutely. that character Absolutely. and to see that happen is you know the film if you were talking about gray areas and a protagonist not just being black or white and you know what is the hero there's another film that came out last year it was called kabir mm. singh oh yeah okay. i could just like how we could identify and relate to a lot of the catharsis and the conflict that gully boy is murad is yeah. facing i could relate to a lot of what kabir singh was facing as well yeah you know uh basically these stories uh see gully boy is a more balanced narrative because it is addressing patriarchy it is addressing monogamy versus polygamy it is addressing uh you know class divide it is addressing uh you know uh and and the writing the poetry is mm. beautiful two tracks that i love like you know when he's there's the sequence in gully boy where he's drive he's filling in for his father yeah. when he gets in here yeah. and he's the That's, driver yeah. and there's there's a girl sitting in the back seat that you know he, she's crying yeah. she's weeping and she is probably the same age and he's more he's more educationally qualified as vis-a-vis her and 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 he wants to console her but he right. can't do anything about it because he's supposed to be a servant and just a driver yeah. so he's not supposed to cross that line of sh- even if he wants to show empathy then and kabir singh what i love like in kabir singh is that it's a very courageous film to make yeah he is a bully he rags people he is the alpha he is a patriarch he is a misogynist but he's a product of the system that you've created yeah man and he yeah. and what's awesome is if you were to actually look at it like if you were to get preachy about it and you were to isolate mm-hmm. like the hundreds of kabir singhs in real life who are like it no one would yeah. really want to listen to you no one would say oh, you know what oh yeah. tell me about this asshole you know <laughs> tell yeah. me about this dick who beats people up nobody wants to exactly. know about that because that's just too much that's too heavy for people to to look at yeah. and say why are you telling me this like this is too depressing but if you see that in the form the way from kabir singh should be that you don't be don't be exactly like, don't get said this but but if you if you if you want to glorify it then that's up to entirely i mean that's what film did right it it, it allowed yeah. you to kind of look at it look at this character yeah. and say holy shit maybe yeah. maybe there's like this is a, this is a really interesting character you know that's this i'll tell you where i related yeah. to it man because i'll tell you i i come from the ncc and the army mm. background background in 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 nord so basically ragging was justified yeah. there and if you couldn't survive ragging you were 
just you know you were you were no you were you didn't exist you had to survive it yeah. somehow so you so that was supposed to strengthen mm-hmm. you mentally and physically yeah okay so ragging is just ragging is like justified in that culture of mm-hmm. bullying bully above bully but that's how our entire system works so it gives birth to bullies yeah. so basically subconsciously somewhere or the other we we do that yeah. also as a straight man who has been in multiple relationships with women i have all where i also resonated with the character was his this this streak of possessiveness yeah this sense of ownership while we don't want to admit to it initially when we don't know better you know we, when we are just in that post puberty phase and our hormones are raging we tend i used also used to tend to get extremely possessive and protective about my girl so but then once you edu- get educated and that's where that's where theater and psychology teaches you listen just because you you've seen your mother doing only household work and not having a say in mat- in, in yeah. your issues that really matter uh does not mean that you know you're also supposed to treat your girlfriend yeah. like that so so it teaches you uh, but then not everyone is as uh, uh, privileged or as as fortunate as you and i who've been who who've had the privilege of going to of receiving yeah. liberal education of studying psychology of correcting ourselves at the right See, time and getting right, the right advice but there's also the whole uh, aspect of who's paying to watch the film right because yeah. if a guy is paying to watch the film right hmm. or if your film is targeted like because before you you i'm assuming these people definitely do it because nowadays you can see there a lot of these web series and etc etc pitched at women right so hmm. based on how they've identified their audience in terms of who's most likely to buy the content that we're we're putting out i'm going to sell those kinds of stories so you are more yeah. likely to sell a patriarchal story if you're selling mm. to men right you're more likely to have a yeah. central character who is male if you're if you're trying to sell to a bunch of dudes the more yeah. but that is also uh, limited because of the purchasing power men have in a society if there yeah. are women who have a certain level of purchasing power in a society and i am in a completely market based environment i am incentivized to make stories that appeal to women where women are yes. central uh, characters central protagonists of stories do you know i forget this test there's a test you know it i know it it's this test which is basically from the past um it's a simple test uh and it's a threshold it's basically two women characters talking for more than mm. like half a minute about yeah. something besides a male in the story so it's a very yeah. low bar right so it's crazy mm. how a surprisingly low number of films mainstream films actually meet that bar and a lot of them yeah. don't like titanic doesn't uh some of the most famous films that you heard of none of them do like a very few number of you films can't. actually meet that part very very few. there's there's one example that pops up it's a spielberg film called the color purple mm. where there's practically there is mention of men but in their absence and the circumstances in which the matriarch prevails 
uh, the yeah. African patriarch, uh, and who was subject to apartheid in its during its prime when the slave trade was at, was at its was at its peak, and uh, uh, eventually they uh, learn how to survive. Yeah. Uh, in the absence of a patriarch. Now that is again. I literally had to scratch my head to think of a film like that. So I completely agree with you. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a legit thing, and it's crazy to see. But I think that's changing. I think now because uh, definitely in Western society, even in India, women are, have are getting more purchasing power. Like they they have oh. their own net. They can make their own Netflix account, their own Prime Prime Video account, etc. Yeah. etc. Et so because they're mm-hmm. beginning to make these purchase decisions for consuming different kinds of content you're mm-hmm. going to see more uh, diverse audiences and more diverse content pitched at a whole different bunch of people so mm-hmm. earlier you know uh, when uh, like you see these films where women are super subservient they all they're doing is they're kind of they're playing second fiddle to most male characters suddenly now you're going to see them play more pivotal roles more central roles and that's definitely mm. going to happen and what's feared about it is going to happen because of economics it's going yeah. to happen because of yeah. finance and it's going to be become with ref- reference to things which are outside the purview of theater and film it it is already happening there's a film that one of my favorite directors mr Abhana, anubhav sinha made yeah. uh, called thappad yeah with tapsi pannu so it's like just a slap you want to you want to divorce on just a slap that he just you know he was in a in a it's in a in just it, it was a moment and he was drunk and he just slapped you when you were trying to get him out of a fight like no he can't even if it's just a slap he can't yeah. right so so films like that are being made but but uh, i don't think that you know you will see a lot of female protagonists uh, the way you are describing it that we're going to see a lot of them mm. I don't think so, man. Why not? Because man? not not very not anytime soon. It is gonna happen slowly and gradually. Yeah. Because see, bro, uh, when the Second World War ended, and the women went, or during the Second World War, when the women had to become the breadwinners yeah. of the families. So that's how old feminism is. And on top of that, our Indian society is. we are still grappling do you have do you know are you aware of the rape that happened in hathras the dalit girl the gang rape that happened yeah so we are still uh, so a lo- large section still in huge pockets we are still very regressive man okay and so uh, and even now if you do if you do a poll and a survey and this is sad how many women female ceos can you find or in high and or in top administrative posts in india um, very few so how will how will you create female heroes man you have to look for so them. those are two different things man so uh, mm. what you said about the ceos and all there's a whole different argument which i kind of agree with to a very large extent um, mm. but i mean let's talk for a second about the hathras mm. incident one mm. thing which really fucking pissed me off it kind of eked me man i got like i was like what a lot oh, of people good. and some of them women are mm-hmm. saying that this is a terrible incident no matter the person and i don't think 
the social status of the person who was attacked matters in this case i'll tell you something when i i wrote a lengthy uh, and i also made a video on that and i shared it with you i wrote a wrote a dude i saw it on your post only it was it was some yeah. lady on your post man so so that lady who happens to belong to her upper caste hindu background she all she got from that entire post was why did they use the word dalit and like that's all you read and that's all you read but also to to people who are asking that question yeah. did the fact that it she was dalit matter in a case like this yes it did because it did. rape as a crime is not motivated it's not sexual the yes. that the motivation is there it's not like there were some guys or a group of guys who were really horny and they wanted to yeah. figure that out that's not how it works there was a group of guys who wanted to figure out how they can demean someone and it was exactly. definitely a power exchange so and let me tell you my mother yeah. uh, i know that belt very well man a my father side of the family is from jaipur yeah. okay my mother she's from mathura yeah. now hathras is literally i think must be a half an hour to 45 minute drive yeah. from mathura okay so i have interacted with men there okay the thing is that this entire social fabric this mentality as to how the men are raised in these pockets yeah yes it has to do with caste yeah. i am an upper caste hindu and so it becomes it falls upon falls on me it becomes even a higher responsibility coming from that background to call it out yeah because i have seen people treating their mothers like shit no 100 so here's the thing a lot of my uh, friends uh, a lot of the people so when i was looking at her comments right the immediate yeah. thing that i thought to myself was maybe she maybe these people who are saying this that it's not motivated by power or like the okay. fact that she was that it doesn't matter maybe these people are so used to an egalitarian environment in their own space where everything is equal but if you if you know anything about up and if you know anything about that space that it's place is that. like the wild like it's literally like very regressive very and it is um, i have friends who are from up who live in that area and they tell me stories about how if supposing people still have swords there right yeah. and people use yeah. that and it's like basically for self protection and uh, things yeah. like that because what what happens is that if you fall out of line from the uh, societal norm you have a group of yeah. people first of all people kind of it, they make you a witch they kind of put you as yeah. yeah they put you as an outlaw as an outcast and then they literally attack you with swords if you fall away let me let me narrate a re- uh, small incident okay now mother, my mother my father is a rajput yeah. okay my mother is a brahmin yeah. and brahmins like how you have konkanasta and deshasari spoke of and Maharashtra. Yeah. Still, man, I've seen women being treated in a much, much better way. If you were to, you know, compare it to the condition of women being treated yeah. in UP and Bihar, yeah. I'm telling you, I, my mother is a Trivedi. Yeah. So now, the hierarchy in the in the highest uh, uh, categories of Brahmins in Uttar Pradesh is Vedis. One mm-hmm. Ved ka part karne wale, two Vedis, then Trivedis and Chatur Vedis are supposed to be the Konkanasta Brahmins of UP. my mother is a trivedi i'll tell you small incident bro my i was uh, in my nana ji's like my maternal granddad's village and my maternal grandmom who was in her 70s and i was barely what 5 or 6 yeah 
So there was some Dalit woman. I did not know the concept of Dalit and all that because my father never really he never entertained these conversations. Yeah. Because I was raised in army cantonments and yeah. my father was a very progressive man. Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, touch wood. Now he, it was alien to me. So I I remember visiting that place and now you're a kid, bro. Yeah. A boy enters. He was wearing a cap with Superman engraved on it. I got fascinated. All I and I just was a little you know. I couldn't figure out why this Dalit woman is at a distance and why she is being served water and food in a different vessel. Yeah. Okay. And why she is sitting on the ground and while my mother and all the others and my and my mother and my maternal grandmother are sitting on the charpai. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, she's all like timid and you know, her in a vestige and all that. I just, I was sitting in my grandmom's uh, in my uh, grandmom's lap. I pop, I popped out. I went went to the boy and I just lifted the cap and put it on my head. Oh man! I mean, all hell went loose. Uh, the my grandmother started beating that woman whose son's cap I had taken off with a lucky. How dare you? Can't you keep your uh, son in check? And that that child also must have been around my age only. Then that lady. started beating her own son that how dare you let sahab ji ka uh, you know as in me from upper caste wear the same cap that he was wearing then they were beaten out then my then they brought some ganga jal and she was bathing me so i have seen untouchability first hand that sucks man like, how I, i was like how dare you and after that when i came back and, and after those summer vacations and i narrated that incident to my father Uh, he was like i'm never sending you there again yeah man that's that's so fucking inhuman and you have these group of people fucking acting like that and yeah. uh, treating people like shit and it's like the wild west man it's bro i don't go to weddings why don't i go to weddings they, they, i have i have sisters uh, from my from my maternal side and in rajasthan also they are as aggressive i don't attend my cousins weddings two weddings i have i've missed i'm telling you deliberately i tell them on the face I'm like A for one. Uh, I'm not going to take any names. Two of my bloody cousins have been against their will. They were still studying. Uh, I am thirty-one. I'm still not married. They were what in their early twenties. Yeah. Married off to men who were thirty-eight, thirty-nine, four five years back, who are probably a decade elder to me as well, and balding. Okay, and what not, and they are treated like cattle, and I. Don't want to go there because I know that if I see it with my bare hands, I know that I will see dowry exchange, yeah. and then I'll spoil their wedding. So I don't, I don't attend because I, I don't have any control on it. Yeah. So that is how deeply uh, male dominance and patriarchy and these social evils are rooted in our system. And now coming back to your question, that why we won't see a female protagonist any any time soon in our mainstream mainstream narratives is because Hindi theater. Hmm. और हिंदी और हिंदी उर्दू हिंदुस्तानी लैंग्वेज वाला थिएटर एंड सिनेमा केटर्स टू द नॉर्दर्न लैंडस्केप व्हिच बिगिंस इन हरियाणा एंड एंड्स इन बिहार राइट मध्य प्रदेश सो व्हिच इज वेयर द प्रॉब्लम इज डूड आई आई मीन इट डिपेंड्स ऑन द इकोनॉमिक्स ऑफ इट राइट बिकॉज़ इफ यू लुक एट इफ यू लुक एट द मार्केट्स फॉर हिंदी थिएटर राइट इफ यू सॉरी इफ यू लुक एट द मार्केट्स फॉर इंडियन कंटेंट लाइक I saw this um, show on Prime Video. 
is called uh, hmm. four more shots hmm. four more shots please yeah that's again set in town man so you know yeah, town is a different world altogether it is it is a different world but there is a group of metropolitan women not only in mumbai and like these tier 1 metro cities but tier 2 tier 3 metros as well yeah. that are now independent enough because they they've gotten a certain level of education and now they're living by themselves or they have like they have a job to go to they speak uh, a variety of languages and they're interested in seeing that content and they can pay that much amount of money right people there yeah. are revenue models around making that kind of content i think i would like to believe sure. i have no evidence for it but based on what i'm seeing out there there seems to be people who are interested in making content like that now yeah. those these will this shit go well in regressive places like up bihar yeah. probably yeah, not they're not that's not their target market or some of my aunts and some of my cousins they call me up because most of my friends you guys yeah. so my batchmates you guys are uh, batch most yeah. of you people were from either town or that side of bombay south bombay and and you know we come from well to do cosmopolitan sort of a upbringing right hmm. even pune is pretty cosmopolitan progressive in that fashion so i don't relate to them so they call me up and they have this stereotype in their head that i'm working in films and in this industry so they're like oh so you know but yeah do anything but don't bring bring us a muslim bhabhi or someone who smokes or drinks I'm like I smoke and I drink. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's man. like beating your head against a wall. You can't have a dialogue with them. Yeah, because because they the women there have accepted that that is their role in society. So how will you find hero? Yeah. Then you have you have a few odd eggs who then you watch a dangal. But again, you know it's made with a lot of cinematic liberties. You we have no idea how Geeta and Babita Fogart must have. you know come out of haryana and become wrestling champions of the world but listen man this is this is a huge problem yeah. the problem is that it's percolating from generation to generation i am seeing people who are younger than you and i teaching raising their kid differentiating between boy and son boy and daughter boy and girl yeah i mean that's bound to happen man um definitely especially depending on where the situation is now if you if you i'll tell you something let me say this there is a film called when we were in flame in 2010 there was a film salman khan film called dabang which came out hmm. the most popular dialogue from that film and it's set in the landscape that we're speaking of you know that eastern up hmm. so look how look at how smart the writers are yeah uh in the first uh, installment of dabang uh, when the inspector when the protagonist character is trying to woo the this sari clad सोनाक्षीनाल of a female protagonist and the behavior towards her so you know what he does in the second in dabang 2 a few years later he's like hey bring me my shoes bring me my tie bring me my glasses and then when she's doing that and she's you know being this obedient wife he stops and he's like whenever i try to you know behave like this with you and you know try to treat you like a servant you should stand up against me 
and then he still ended up like that so there is no solution to it because who is the protagonist yeah of the narrative <laughs> now when you see a gully boy while zoya akhtar is a great fantastic director i love all her films her first one was luck by chance then you know all the films that mm. she's made the ladak mein do zindagi na mili gaya excuse me had the protagonist not been a man had the film been about alia i don't think it would have done that well see we saw a beautiful mm. film by imtiaz ali with alia bhat as the protagonist called highway yeah where she uh, where he has addressed the issue of child abuse and most of the abuse that happens to women and not it just doesn't happen with women it happens with boys as well yeah statistics are there to prove it uh, especially in the in that northern landscape which is extremely problematic uh is by their own relatives is by their own uncles and aunts yeah yeah 100% man e- even with reference to things like you were talking about things like uh you know abuse or to your earlier point of uh all right let's talk about abuse man so yeah 100% what happens a lot and especially because so when i was working at teach for india right uh, a lot of the so i was part of a so, uh, part of a com- community uh, or a kind of a committee in when i was working in management there which was basically uh, we were tasked to ensure that adolescents who are facing issues with uh, you know with abuse and especially sexual abuse yeah. at uh, in school or at home those issues yeah. were addressed because the uh, the traditional way of doing things in india is problematic you can't uh you can't bring the courts or the police into it because the student is still not removed from the space you don't have protective services taking the kid out of the danger space oh. and even if they do then that's going to be problematic as well so you have to <laughs> figure it out you know your own way of solving it yeah but anyway so so what we found was that a lot of the students who were experiencing abuse at home were actually experiencing abuse from someone in their family or a known circle and that's really messed up because when parents are informed of this they are either in denial then or they blame their kid one of the two you must have led led him or her on yeah yeah like they chastise the kid like um, this happened to me this happened once in in school with me like i was teaching and it was my fault that i went down to get a snack yeah. as these kids were i was teaching after school and i went down to get a cup of tea as i was yeah. teaching upstairs right and what happened was that one kid assaulted another kid in my yeah. class yeah. and now i had to i reported it to the parents right and i sat yeah. the father down and i said hey you know this is what happened i completely take ownership of it it's my fault i expected the the father to at least be a little bit upset or angry maybe at me you know what yeah. i received was an apology hey i'm sorry my yeah. my daughter did this i was like but your daughter didn't do anything it was not your fault oh. at all why are you saying sorry and he was apologetic he was like i'm sorry to bother you you know i'm sorry that you you've been put through this 
That's exactly what the problem is. And that's it's terrible, man. Um, I don't I, I don't see anyone actually addressing that. It's a big problem. The thing is, we in a country which is in second most populated country in the world, and you know, then uh, actually the thing is, uh, it's been seventy plus years of independence, so-called independence or transfer of power, as I like to call it, <laughs> that we still haven't risen above communalism and religion. How will we address these things? <clears throat> But you have so many people who are stoking those fires, man. You have so they many. are, and so yeah, you have to, uh, you know, now that has to become take center stage, okay. But unfortunately, it doesn't because you know it's very difficult to be idealistic in our society because survival. Uh, people who genuinely want to devote their lives for a cause, yeah. See, it will come at a cost, man. You'll have to sacrifice your luxuries. you know your simple some some of yeah. some of your you know uh pleasures in life and all that and at the same time the system only defeats you that's yeah. where i was tell- telling you when it brings me back to that question of yours that what what is our what is not happening in our writing is that we're not looking at the bigger picture man by trying to address the lowest common denominator we are not creating enough gully boys yeah Yeah, man. You're making more of dabang. Yeah, I'm surprised people even don't question just the fact that you have household servants. Like you have people in your yeah. home that are actually that their job is to like clean after you, look after you, and it's a norm in every like middle to upper middle class household in the country to have someone come home and sweep and stuff like that. It's so medieval yeah. for the. I mean. And the only issue I have with this is it's not it's not the act itself, but it's how much you pay these people. You pay them like like you pay them so little compared to how much you earn or yeah. how much your household income is. That yeah. it's going to be the economics of it just don't work out. So it's definitely exploitative. It's exploitative labor that you're kind of engaging in. Uh, There is a scholar that I admire a lot, and I don't agree with him on everything that he says. Yeah. His name is Tariq Fatah. Yeah. Now, uh, Tariq Fatah speaks about the regressive, this subcontinent mentality. Yeah. He's someone who's been born and brought up in Karachi, hmm. Pakistan. Then he was a part of the Mukti Wani. Just looking at people, I'm sure are familiar with Tariq Fatah. He's very popular, and he runs his YouTube show also called What the Fatah. You should check him out. For sure. I don't agree with everything that he says about India. because you know certain things are uh, coming from a very different spectrum which i feel is diluted at times and is extremely is coming coming from a place of uh, hate and bias yeah okay but but certain things when he speaks factually see the thing is uh, we are a, a society which has been even before british colonialism we have been enslaved For about seven hundred years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, why could foreign and we also are a civilization which never had to look outwards or go outside to, you know, we never attacked. We were not the, never the aggressors. No, we okay. fulfilled ourselves, man. Yeah. Now the thing was, why could the foreign invaders succeed, and the northern belt that we are talking about from Kurukshetra. Hindu Kush and you know present day Western Pakistan, all the way till Bengal. This is the belt 
which took majority of the blows of invasion hmm. now why could the invaders succeed that is something to look into yeah. because we were fighting amongst amidst ourselves yeah and another thing that is problematic is that a, a branch of hindu spiritualism is very individualistic in its approach <clears throat> my moksha i am going to isolate myself after a certain point sit under a tree or whatever or sit on a hill mm. or on a cliff and just meditate and just look seek my independent moksha the entire idea of a rashtra okay looking at the larger picture that you know we have to rise above this and create an equilibrium okay so now any time that a ruler tried to do that yeah uh, who who made changes in tax you know levying of taxes and you know who who tried to create policies like a harshvardhan raya or a ashoka or a chandragupta maurya or a chanakya or an akbar also for that matter was very liberal in his certain certain of his uh, and so any time a ruler tried to do that it never lasted for very long okay and then when hmm. the brits came into the picture uh, they completely and obnoxiously so and you know exploited uh, this uh, you know uh, sense of disharmony yeah. that we've always had it's not that you know any Mus- that islam brought it to us we as a culture always had a disharmony and this tendency of you know backstabbing each other and trying to pull anyone who was trying to climb up yeah down a lot a lo- so i was listen i was li- reading the the geeta man and uh, we spoken about this but it's a beautiful book amazing yeah. book yeah. but one thing which it kind of talks about and this has been going on for thousands of years is the yeah. class system yeah. right yeah. so um, the problem with the class system is it for a while it did give us a lot of growth yeah it allowed us to progress as a society for a while but there was a point in time where because it's not a stable system you can't get away with oppressing people's rights over a long period of time for hundreds of years it's not going to fucking work so what happened what i think happened is that that the instability of that system oh. started to rear its head right now we had kings and things like that holding us in line but by the time the british came that system was already breaking down it like it was updated. we did not adapt ourselves to changing times now also yeah. what happened was that if you're speaking of caste system man it's it's a two edged sword now the entire conflict if we look at our history is between the non violent form of existence yeah. and the aggressive form of existence i remember you speaking about gun laws in yeah. the states Yeah. Uh, when we spoke last i'm saying okay i'm not going to complicate it i'm going to try and simplify it and this is my theory i'm say, i'm telling you man uh even today and it's just speaking of the middle class which is the lower and the middle and the upper which comprises of the majority a, a lot of them don't vote a lot of them do pay taxes but they have a very passive approach towards human existence in the sense that what is the ulti- ultimate goal of a of a middle class parent in this country which i'm quoting tarik fatah here very good observation graduation kar lo mba kar lo naukri mil jayegi get a very fair and lovely wife 
the bride should be your boy must be near half balding or you know fat as fuck and i don't know what is the entire definition of good looking your skin color but your bride should be younger than him she should be with uh, at the prime of her youth then she should be a virgin then she should be fair skinned also and then life yeah. is good and then you, all you do is just you know shit uh, you know shit pee eat <laughs> and fuck and give birth to more babies and more uh, versions of just your pathetic cells and then die so Did that's you? a that's stable man people do that for a reason bro it's been happening anyway sorry finish your point ha nah, nah, what i'm trying to say is that amidst all of this if uh the middle class has never really taken over the mantle it's only the lower class which has come into pol- uh, you know active politics or or decision making uh, positions or the upper class which has always been there okay but the middle class is very conveniently turned its back to its responsibilities and contribution to the society and to the nation that makes perfect sense man you have basically this whole i think you had a whole generation above us Hmm. which was very very uh, risk averse yes you had a group of people who were not interested in taking any kind of risks like for example uh, i saw a meme today <laughs> which was basically the meme said uh indian youth oh. and there's that car driving off and it was going off towards engineering yes. but then there was a loop which led to mba right yeah. so it's pretty <laughs> It's a <laughs> It's a pretty fucking funny meme. It's a loop. It's a so loop. I shared it with a bunch of my friends thinking I would get them to laugh. Yeah. And I just But sent it to like a bunch of people on my Insta. And I the response I get was dude that's my life man. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Exactly <laughs> like it hit too close to home. And there's a whole generation of people who've taken that route, right? And it's not like not just 5 years not not like people who are now 25 35 and they want to keep taking that route for uh, god knows till when i hope that changes but yeah like people do that and that's the reason why people are doing that like crazy is um because of this risk averseness of the middle class like i've it's just not risk averseness i also call it and this you'll see this happening uh, especially in the upper middle class of hindus in this country who are not just risk averse but they are also guilty yeah of what their ancestors did hmm. and it is to call a spade a spade cowardice as well on their part mera bachcha army mein jayega to goli lag ke mar sakta hai beta politics to bahut gandi jagah hai politics mein nahi jana is this fear exactly it's this whole fear that you know if you step out of line there's going to be risk and the problem is that of course there's going to be risk of course the, of course there's going to be of course you're going to get shot right of course yeah. people are going to shoot at you if you go in the army yeah. of course you might fail yeah. if you did, did become an actor but you can there's nothing but that generation saw so much of failure people going hungry that you know they won't yeah they won't enforcing taking level of entirely but the thing is that even you have to have a sense you have to instill see in our constitution let's let's not go by a holy book but even those people who are chasing an mba have yeah read the fundamental rights and duties 
yeah. and the directive principles directive principles of state policy yeah. i'm saying the problem with that section of middle class in our country which we also belong to is that we only remember our fundamental rights very conveniently but we have very conveniently at the same time forgone and forgotten about our duties towards the nation and the directive which was a state policy yeah no 100% man you're not going to think about what am i contributing if you're constantly thinking about what i can get like if everything's chaotic around you or at least if you think everything's chaotic there's no way you are going to be able to do that and currently i've seen so many people in that state of fear i've personally been in that state of fear of not having an example around me of not not seeing that uh whatever i want to do has an avenue and not knowing how to go about it like things are vague we there is risk. have examples but the problem is they are not glorified enough actually the thing is we we are a we are a country which likes to make demigods out of achievers okay but the people who should be idolized and glorified are usually not yeah okay people who are just doing pretentious and superficial antics are put on a pedestal but people who are the real heroes have always been taking a hit and taking a back seat in our popular narrative yeah. be it the media or whatever let me tell you speaking of fomo shots please there's an actress in the series her name is sayani gupta i'm not wrong oh yeah i've seen her perform in theater in mumbai and i have a few common friends uh, now she's worked with mr sharukh khan who was a phenomenon in the 90s as of now his films don't seem to be doing that well but he definitely is one of the a listers right she worked when with him in this film and he was in quite a uh, you know predom quite a predominant quite an important role character she played in that film called fan hmm. okay now recently when the hatras rape thing happened so you know a lot of these theater people like sayani who have been working in theater in bombay they were tweeting about this okay just like how i posted and obviously I, that post did not get a lot of <laughs> likes for obvious reasons yeah. because people are more more uh, concerned about when the temple ram mandir will be built <laughs> and i don't know what what or, or when the mosque will yeah. be built uh, uh so nobody really cared that you know 19 year old dalit girl was raped and brutally murdered but uh, she tagged on twitter sharukh khan saying that because sharukh khan recently on the 2nd of october which was gandhi jayanti tweeted that we should we should remember gandhi ji and his principles and all that and it was quite a diplomatic post while all of this is happening she is like so she she is tweeted so you have people like sayani who are saying stuff and I, and i am with sayani on this she is like why are you being diplomatic this is the time to speak up when people are screaming on your on people's television sets that why are the khans not speaking and all of that because even sharukh khan is afraid even he's a even he's scared yeah man that he'll be pulled into a controversy and yeah it's it's what um, <laughs> i think i'm reading malcolm x's autobiography and he loves to use this phrase uh it's like um, the chickens have come home to roost and uh, that's what's happening now man and i think we're going to see a lot more of this uh, weird social instability but let's see what happens all right how how can people reach out to you man if supposing somebody wants to interact with you with what you're doing with theater what firstly what are you doing and how can they reach out to you 
what am i doing right now uh, i am trying to uh, build up my uh, startup that is a production company uh, it's called kindred films which has got a youtube channel by the same name kindred films llp uh, yeah and you can find me on facebook uh, you'll find my links in the description and but yeah so uh, right now what i'm trying to do is just tell stories yeah in which way uh right now i'm uh, focusing mostly on i'm currently i've collaborated with this uh, production house in pune it's called outreach yeah. media services and it it usually uh, and there's this uh, gentleman by the name of mr amit abhyankar who's a national award winning director he's made some fantastic marathi yeah. films and now i'm trying to collaborate with him uh, on few of, on a on few of my scripts there's a web series that i've written which addresses the entire issue of nepotism and how what a film school what a li- what the life in a film school is like so that is one then i'm trying to uh, get my films on floor so fo- i'm currently focusing mostly on my film. do you teach people do you have like a course where i if supposing someone wants to learn how to act i think could reach out to you freelance yes i have been conducting workshops acting and mm-hmm. filmmaking and uh, and uh, acting for stage is a completely different ball game vis-a-vis screen so that's an so i take them separately so yeah uh, but given the current pandemic i have uh, not been able to uh, because it's not the same experience online yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah 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 i want i want that face to face exchange that exchange of vibrations and energies and that dialogue to happen uh, in a room yeah. uh, and in a rehearsal hall so that should happen soon so yeah they can always get in touch with me if i get a minimum of 10 enrollments i can always take that on currently i'm operating from pune but yeah the situation seems to be worsening uh, as far as covid is concerned yeah man yeah that's crazy but anyway thank you so much for uh, chatting man i loved it i enjoyed it i love the conversation i had a lot of fun and uh, <laughs> yeah man take care bro Uh, pleasure all mine brother pleasure all mine this was part 2 yeah. <laughs> i like part 2 man part 2 was fun <laughs> i mean i don't know man i liked it ah, i'm just going to stop in this one i felt <laughs>